Well, it was absolutely way more stressful than I expected it to be, than you probably expected it to be. It wasn't always pretty at times, but a win to win. You are Locked On LSU, your daily podcast on the LSU Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, thank you for making Locked in LSU your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Plus, you can also check us out on YouTube as well. We're getting to 3,000 subscribers by the Alabama game. I know that you can do it. My name is Caroline Fenton, and I'm your host, as I am every single day. You can follow me on Twitter at CarolineFenton1. You can also follow along for the podcast for updates at Locked on LSU. Happy Sunday, nice little special Sunday edition of Locked on LSU, and it is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. So that's why LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. Well, she gets the win. And it wasn't a pretty win. It wasn't easy to watch at all times. It was a lot more stressful than I expected that game to be. But a win is a win. You're 2-0 in the SEC, and you've taken down two divisional rivals. So how do we get there? You know, overall, you know, why was it that much more stressful than we all expected it to be? I mean, I chatted with John Neighbors, the host of Lockdown Razorbacks last week, and I said, hey, LSU probably needs to win by two touchdowns. Like, that, like that's just what we've seen from these two teams, that LSU is a better team. Obviously, that's not how it went. Slow start, sluggish offense, and Arkansas finding every single way to stop Jaden Daniels. That's really, when we get down to it, the root of the problem of LSU's slow start and LSU's just honestly brutal first half. I mean, there, at a time, you were down 13-3 late in the first half. You, was, you couldn't really stop what K.J. Jefferson was doing. It seemed like if you couldn't get to him in the pocket, he'd find a way to roll out of the pocket and then it, either one, extend to play or find a receiver downfield. I mean, overall, in the first half, your offense couldn't do anything. But what kept you in the game what kept this game from being, you know, 21-3 early on in the game was really your red zone defense. I mean, they had three red zone trips to your one at that point in the game, but you were able to hold Arkansas to field goals in two of their trips into the red zone. That was huge. That was huge. That's what kept me and probably you feeling like, okay, you know, they, they can stay in this game. Because holding them to six when it could have been 14 – that's the difference in the game right there. But slow, slow start to the offense. And then things started to change, right? You finally found life right before half. You had a three-play, 75-yard touchdown drive with two massive pass plays, both to Brian Thomas. You had the 26-yarder to, to Brian Thomas to get it just into Arkansas territory. And then a 49-yard touchdown to Brian Thomas just to give you life right before half. Arkansas gets the ball before halftime. And then Harold Perkins has a massive sack to send it to halftime. I thought, okay, you have to build off of this momentum. This is the most momentum, both offensively and defensively, that you 
you had probably all game long. Yeah, you had those stops in the red zone, but it felt like once you scored that touchdown, the defense was feeling it. Harold Perkins gets the sack and it was like, okay, now, now we're starting to piece things together. Now, late in the first half, we're starting to see the glimpses of that offense that we saw against Mississippi State that was so explosive against Mississippi State. And then you had the second half fireworks. In the second half, you had four possessions. You scored touchdowns on three of them, and then the final field goal to win it in the last one. I mean, every possession in the second half ended in points. Now, the problem was every possession and for Arkansas, with the exception of the final possession where Arkansas had five seconds after you ran down the clock, called those two touchdowns with the final field goal of the game, every possession for Arkansas also ended in points. Um, look, KJ Jefferson made this really hard. On, on LSU's offense, excuse me, defense. He did. I mean, KJ Jefferson was outstanding. This may have been the best game that I have seen KJ Jefferson play, which, you know, take that with a grain of salt. It's not like I watch Arkansas every single week, but I mean, KJ Jefferson made things way more difficult than I expected him to, especially given the offensive line issues that Arkansas had last week against BYU. Well, I mean, I, I didn't see that yesterday as much as they saw it against BYU. But I think overall, you know, I'll get into my the good things that I saw, the bad things that I saw. Overall, you know, you can feel down about this team that, you know, you should have blown Arkansas out. You're a better team than Arkansas. You might not feel good about this team just barely beating Arkansas, just barely squeaking past with a field goal. But overall, look, a win's a win. You In this league, you just need to find a way to win. And you're going to play ugly games like that. Like, this probably is not going to be the last game that comes down to a shootout. This isn't going to be the last game where you've got to be really strategic with the clock and with your possessions in order to get a win. Ugly games like this happen. But the best teams always find a way to win, even when there are setbacks, whether those setbacks be, you know, uh, self-inflicted wounds like penalties or slow offense or turnovers. Jaden Daniels had that interception early on, and I felt like that was a massive shift. Where Jaden Daniels had the interception, and then you you respond with an interception yourself, that's when things started to shift. But you just need to find ways to win. Ugly. Like yesterday. Like it was an that was an ugly win. But you won. And you're two and oh. And now, you know, you've got two SEC West wins on your schedule. And I'll look at it like remember Georgia last year against Missouri? Missouri almost won that game. But Georgia is a good team, and they found a way to win. Despite all of their issues, despite the the turnovers and the penalties, they found a way to win. Let's go back to last week. I feel like that was the best example in college football of, look, ugly game. You're the better team. For some reason, this game's a lot closer than it needs to be, but we found a way to win. Texas came down to the wire with Wyoming. Florida State, double-digit favorite over Boston College, came down to the wire. Alabama and South Florida. Alabama was two like double digit favorites over South Florida came down to the wire. It was ugly. Colorado, Colorado state double digit favorites. It went to double overtime against a Colorado state team that they should have blown out. And it really shouldn't have even been close. But in all of those examples, Georgia, Mizzou last year, Texas, Wyoming last week, Florida state, Boston college last week, Colorado, Colorado state last week, they found ways to win. And that's what LSU did last night, even the 2019 team. And I don't always like to make parallels because they're just, you know, comparing any team to that team just simply isn't fair. 
But that 2019 team beat Auburn by a field goal, and it was close. That was a close game. But again, you find a way to win. And how many times do we talk about that 2019 team? How many times do we talk about how they played close against Auburn? Never. Auburn might talk about it, but I never talk about that. I don't think anyone, whatever they think about that team, thinks about, well, yep, I know that they put up 180 points on Oklahoma in the college football playoff semifinal. But remember that one game that they played close against Auburn? Doesn't matter. Nobody cares. Nobody talks about that. Because everybody talks about how that team went 15-0 and, and won the national championship. Because nobody cares at the end of the day, when you look back on history books, what the score was or how close it was. All that matters is that you won the football game. So look, there are some things that happened Saturday night that were simply inexcusable. There were some things that happened against Arkansas that need to be improved upon. That are that are very urgent things that need to be fixed before you take on Ole Miss this upcoming weekend or taking on Alabama or as the schedule gets more difficult. It wasn't pretty at all. And I'm not excusing the performance in the first half offensively. I'm not excusing the secondary's performance in the slightest. That's not what I'm saying here. But what I'm saying is take the win because there you're going to play some ugly games. And you're not the only team. Every college football team in America is going to play some ugly, ugly games. But at the end of the day, a win's a win. And a win is the only thing that matters. I want to get into the good things. I want to get into the bad things. But let's start with the bad things. We'll get into that coming up next. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. And you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, which is why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. The radio station that I worked for, we had an opening for a position right before football season. And if you work in sports, even if you don't, you can simply just imagine how crazy of a time football season is, those weeks leading up to football season. So we needed to find someone and we needed to find the right person and we needed to do it quickly. So we just went to LinkedIn.com and created a free job post on LinkedIn jobs. Then you just add the purple hashtag hiring frame to the LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring. And one thing that really came in handy for my radio station when we were trying to hire was using the screening questions and other tools that LinkedIn Jobs has because those screening questions and those tools just weeded out the candidates that didn't fit our job opening perfectly. And we didn't want to waste time interviewing people who didn't have the right experience or the right expertise. So LinkedIn Jobs really helped us out. And we found the perfect person to help our business going into the busiest time of the year, which is why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That is linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Well, thanks again for making Locked On LSU your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And hey, college football season is here. And this season, Locked On is kicking up our coverage with Locked On College Football Kickoff Live. Each Friday, Locked On will go live from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on every Locked On College YouTube channel. College Football Kickoff Live will cover playoff implications, the conference rivalry games, and go in-depth like only Locked On can, including insight and analysis from our stable of Locked On College hosts covering their team every single day. So find college, find Locked On College Football 
football kickoff live every Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. That's 10 a.m. to noon local Baton Rouge time on any Locked On College YouTube channel. You will not want to miss it. So LSU takes down Arkansas 34-31 in an ugly but fun shootout. And I can say it was fun because ultimately, looking back, they won. Um, Sue me. But it was, a, it was a win. You know, a win is a win. It's not always going to be pretty. It's not always going to be easy. Not every game, not every Saturday is going to look like how it did last week against Mississippi State. And looking at this team, I think that more games are going to look like the game against Arkansas than they did against Mississippi State, where at the half we could all just kind of sit up, kick our feet up, and just enjoy the ride because the team looked fantastic. The offense was firing all cylinders. The defense stopped everything that Mississippi State wanted to do offensively, but that wasn't the case against Arkansas. And it was ugly, but you won it at the end of the day. That's what that's my overall message of today's show is not every game is going to be easy. Not every game is going to, you know, be as as much as a, of a, you know, a difference in where you can just throw the backups in and, and life is easy. This is the SEC. This is the SEC West. This is the most competitive division and the most competitive conference in all of college sports. Not every game is going to be easy. Yeah, sure, I would have loved it if LSU was up 45 nothing at the half. But that's not always going to be realistic. And the way that this offense looked in the first half, There was no way that was going to happen. So when I'm looking at the things that I liked and the things that I didn't like, kind of my three up, three down, you know, my boot up, boot down, if you will. Boot down is the first half offense. I mean, this was, these were your possessions in the first half. I mean, first possession, you went three and out and Jaden Daniels was 0 for 2. Uh, then it was the interception. And I thought, uh, okay, the way that, that Arkansas's offense came out, that interception absolutely could be lethal. Lethal, And I'm thinking to myself, okay, Arkansas is probably going to score on this and it's going to be 10 nothing, And you are going to continue to dig yourself in a hole unless Jaden Daniels can make a connection, unless this offensive line can create holes for the run game. Because really, I mean, the offense was just sluggish. Then you got bailed out. Then you had the other interception. Arkansas answers that interception with another interception. Andre Sam, who... Well, had a good first half. I'll have to give him that. Had a solid first half, had some solid stops, and the interception was a, a massive momentum builder. And then you you punt again on the next possession. You had the holding penalty that set you back, and then the eight-yard sack that set you back. And then there you go. It's second and 18. And 18, you're looking at third and 18, and then you punt. Like, it's just, you just couldn't, every time it felt like in the first half that LSU got things moving, they were set back by, you know, either by a dumb penalty or an incompletion when you needed it the most. And that really, that possession was really where I felt like, okay, this is going to be a game where LSU has to pick up every single point that they can get because they're not moving the ball with ease. They tried, you know, they tried the home run kind of, kind of hits they tried what worked against Mississippi State Jaden Daniels tried to heave it downfield a few times but it was just you know it was not about it was not a good throw or just really good coverage from Arkansas and a lot of instances it was both where it was a throw that if Jaden Daniels just targeted the receiver there was one I believe it was on um he hit Brian Thomas and Brian and he hit the shoulder where the defender was. And if Jaden Daniels just hit Brian Thomas on the other shoulder, that could have been a completion and he had a clear lane to the end zone. That wasn't the case. So part of it was on Jaden Daniels and part of it was just honestly just good defense on Arkansas, both in the secondary and up front when they just eliminated Jaden Daniels legs for the majority of the first half. 
Then on the next possession, you get a field goal. You're on the board. It's 13-3. You know, things feel manageable. And then that touchdown before the, the half. And then the Harold Perkins sack. That's when things really started to gain momentum. But that first half offense, no, it, it didn't absolutely kill you because you were able to get that touchdown before the half and you were able to squeak out a win. But if you start offensively like that against Ole Miss, against a team that can score like Ole Miss can, and I know I'm saying that after they put up 10 points against an Alabama team that's been struggling, but still, you can't afford a slow start offensively like that against Alabama, against Ole Miss, against Missouri, honestly. I mean, you're not going to have very many gimmies. So while you were able to survive and overcome a slow first half against Arkansas, don't get used to that. Like, don't get comfortable doing that. You, this is a is a team that you know when it when it's it struggles in the first half. It's not always an offense that's able to overcome that. Yes, they looked so much better in the second half than they did the first, but you would have gotten blown out had the offense looked how it did in the first half and the second half. So don't put that much pressure one on your defense, and don't put that much pressure on your offense in the second half. Just come out, do what you do best. If the run game's not working, try to connect with receivers. And that's on Jaden Daniels. That's on the play calling. That's on the receivers to just hold on to the football. But overall, just sloppy and just lethargic, I think is the best word that I could use. Lethargic offense in the first half. Um, Second thing I did not like was the secondary. In defending K.J. Jefferson's RPOs. And look, K.J. Jefferson is 250 pounds. He's not easy to take down. I fully understand that. That's something that we talked about with John Neighbors last week was that just his sheer size works to his advantage versus maybe a Jaden Daniels that, yeah, he's slippery and quicker than than K.J. Jefferson is. But Jaden Daniels is about a fraction of the size of K.J. Jefferson. And we saw that in a few instances that if LSU's defense couldn't get to K.J. Jefferson up the middle at the line of scrimmage, then K.J. Jefferson was able to escape and usually for the most part was able to either pick up a first down or in some instances touchdowns whenever uh, whenever the defensive line, and the defensive front couldn't get to K.J. Jefferson. So the secondary, it was either penalties, dumb, dumb, dumb pa- penalties, uh pass interference penalties in the secondary, or they just simply got beat by Arkansas's receivers. So didn't love that, didn't love the secondary, didn't love the defensive game plan as a whole. And the third thing that I didn't like, and no, it didn't kill you because you ended up winning the game, but in the moment, I thought that that could have been game. Like, I thought that that very much so could have, I mean, it was a seven-point mistake, and it was Harold Perkins roughing uh, late in the second half. So, You have Arkansas at third and 18, and you just scored coming off of that possession. So you just scored a touchdown. Arkansas gets the ball. You're at third and 18, and I'm thinking, okay, great. They're not going to be able to convert on this. You get the ball back. You score another touchdown here and then put the game away. Start to give yourself the first comfortable lead of the game. But no. You know, it's Arkansas third and 18. Harold Perkins gets called for a roughing. The one thing that you absolutely positively cannot do is hand them a first down on a silver platter in a game that's an absolute shootout in the second half. Harold Perkins gets called for roughing. And now Arkansas gets handed a first down at your 11. And that's an easy touchdown. KJ Jefferson hits Luke Haas, their, uh, their tight end into the end zone for an 11-yard touchdown. Seven-point mistake from Harold Perkins there in a game where you couldn't 
afford to just give points away like that. In most games, you can't afford to just give points away and give yardage away like that. So, you know, your defense in Arkansas's mistakes pushed them back into what I thought seemed like an unconvertible down at third and 18. And they're able to convert because of your mistake. And they're able to get into the end zone because of your mistake. Did not like that in the slightest. Again, you won the game. You were able to respond with a touchdown of your own. And you were able to just run out the clock because, you know, if you don't use two touchdowns on a fake field goal and just kick the field goal anyways, you can afford to do things like that. Um, That's what we get into more coming up next. But overall, just dumb, dumb mistake from Harold Perkins. He had a nice sack uh, late in the first half. He hurt you. He hurt you in the second half. Let's get into what I liked Coming up next. All right. I want to tell you about Athletic Brewing. It is time for your Game Changer of the Week. Brought to you by Athletic Brewing Company. Because much like Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas, Athletic Brewing has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. I mean, they make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. So Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas each hit super important plays and big plays that brought this LSU offense to life in the second half. Brian Thomas, five receptions for 133 yards and two touchdowns. Malik Neighbors also had a pair of touchdowns himself, eight receptions for 130 yards. They very clearly have emerged as Jaden Daniels' favorite targets. So Athletic Brewing Company has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. And they're fit for all time. So you can drink them at any time, anywhere, and make any activity even more enjoyable. Like watching a big game or maybe going to your kids' games, watching those. Maybe you are doing some yard work. Maybe you're just running errands. Maybe you're working out. Whatever it might be, Athletic Brewing has the perfect non-alcoholic brew for that occasion. And the best thing, no hangovers ever. So whether you're just sick of hangovers, whether you are sober curious, whether you're the designated driver and you still want to have fun and you want to enjoy a good beverage, Athletic Brewing has what you are looking for. You can find Athletic Brewing in store, online, and at bars around the country. So you can find Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic brews at a store near you or buy online at athleticbrewing.com. First-time customers can use code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, one word, to get 15% off your first online order. That's code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer, exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. All right, thanks again for making Locked in LSU your first listen every single day. I did not like the first half offense. I did not like the secondary. And I honestly, overall, the defensive game plan outside of the red zone defense, I didn't love it because it seemed like at times KJ Jefferson could simply do whatever he wanted to do. And he's a 250-pound quarterback. I get it. He's tough to take down. But if you couldn't get to the quarterback, then it was it was a completion. It was a first down for Arkansas. They were moving the ball so well on Saturday night. So I did not like Matt House's defensive game plan. And overall, the, the Perkins roughing call, brutal. Seven-point mistake when Arkansas was at third and 18, and they essentially felt like they were that drive was done. You could get the ball back. Your offense was firing. You had the offensive momentum. You get called for the roughing. Arkansas scores. Dumb, dumb, dumb penalty. But I want to get into what I did like. 
Because while I didn't like the first half offense, I loved the second half offense. I don't know how you can look at what LSU did in the second half and score on all four possessions with three touchdowns and the the game-winning field goal and not love what you saw. And I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was the wake-up call interception in the first half. I don't know if it was the momentum that they got going into half, you know, kicking the field goal and then the touchdown and then the Perkins sack where they were just feeling themselves. I don't know if Jaden Daniels just started to settle in, but a Jaden Daniels that looked like his best stuff was being taken away from him in the first half, you started to see those connections. You started to see things click. You started to see a much more confident Jaden Daniels. Um, and I don't know if the difference was just in the first half, you couldn't connect with the receivers in the second half. You could, I don't, I like, I don't know what the difference was, but overall it was just a much more effective and efficient offense in the second half. Uh, so love that. I mentioned it earlier, but the red zone defense, I mean, that I think was the, one of the biggest game changers that I don't want to get overlooked because Arkansas was in the red zone twice. They were first in goal on two separate possessions, and you held them to field goals on two of them. That is massive because that's the difference between, what, 28-10 to 10 or 28-17 and you leading 17-16. And the biggest one, I thought, was the very beginning of the second half. Arkansas is um, Arkansas is at fourth and two. They decide to kick a field goal, or so we thought. They fake it. They pick up the first down. Now it's first and goal. So it's first and 10. Excuse me, not first and goal. It's first and 10 at the LSU 11. And that's when Whit Weeks, Makai Wingo, and Deshaun Womack, your WWW defensive little trio, absolutely stepped up. So it's first and 10 at the LSU 11. A short short KJ Jefferson run picks up two yards at second and eight. Second and eight. Makai Wingo and Wilt Weeks combined for a sack of K.J. Jefferson and a loss of eight yards. So now Arkansas is looking at third and 16 at the LSU 17. Deshaun Womack sacks him. They settle for the field goal. So on that drive, you get two sacks, a great defensive performance in the red zone, and Arkansas burns two timeouts. So that was massive. I thought that was huge. I thought that was huge for the momentum, and then LSU comes out, scores a touchdown on the next possession. So you know, you look at the end of the game when Brian Kelly could blow two timeouts simply to just run the clock down. So the ball wouldn't, you know, wasn't in Arkansas's hands for at least an exorbitant amount of time. So they couldn't respond. So you could settle for a field goal. And Arkansas got the ball back with five seconds left because Brian Kelly could blow two of those, t- those timeouts. Well, Sam Pittman, on the other hand, blew two timeouts on a field goal on a fake field goal where they ended up just settling for a field goal that was further back than where the field goal was before. So that was another thing that I liked. Red zone defense and also coaching. Uh, You can nitpick, you know, the defense game plan, and I will, and I'll continue to do that throughout the rest of the week. That I thought that, you know, an Arkansas offense that really had been struggling figured things out against what was supposed to be your, your strength of your team. I don't like that. But I thought the way that Brian Kelly managed this game, I liked it. I liked the fact that Brian Kelly didn't try to get cute with it. 
because the way that that game was going, you really just needed to pick up points wherever you could get them. Sam Pittman tried to get cute with the fake field goal, and it ultimately, it didn't work. And I understand the thought process of, you know, we want to give our, our team a jolt. We want to be creative because we feel like the only way that we're going to beat a team that's simply just more talented than we are is by doing, you know, the bold and out-of-the-box things. But the execution was poor, so you end up with just three points and two fewer timeouts. I like the fact that Brian Kelly just, you know, you score, you kick the extra point. There were a few instances where I thought, oh, no, like I really hope they don't go for two here. I really hope they don't go for two here. Just play it safe, kick the extra point, trust your defense, and then trust that your offense, the way that it's moving, can get you another score on the other side. Um, and that's what they did. They didn't get cute with it. Played it safe at, in that final possession. You know, run, run the clock down, call a timeout. Run, run the clock down, call a timeout. And then throw it just so you have enough time to kick the field goal. And then you kick the field goal to end the game. So I thought that overall playing it safe was the best decision that this coaching staff could have made. Because um, it came down to inches. It came down to every single point that you could get. And overall getting cute could have cost Arkansas the game. And I, I did question the decision from Sam Pittman late in the game. I thought, is Arkansas just going to let LSU score here? Is Arkansas going to let LSU score so they can get the ball back, score a touchdown, go for two, and win it? Ultimately, that's not what happened. And maybe that could have been the difference of the game. And we can play coulda, shoulda, woulda all day long. But overall, I thought that Brian Kelly was the better coach on Saturday night, and I appreciated that. I liked the fact that don't get too cute with it. Just play it safe. Pick up points. Trust your defense. And, you know, use your timeouts and use the clock in your favor. Ultimately, it came down to the fact that LSU just scored last. Ultimately, it came down to the fact that LSU had the final possession. And I know they didn't technically have the final possession because Arkansas did get the ball back with five seconds left, but it wasn't a real possession. Um, it wasn't a real opportunity to be able to get in the end zone and score. So, yeah, I mean, I really liked the red zone defense. I think overall that was your MVP of the game, was being able to hold Arkansas to nine where it could have been 21. That's the game right there. Um, overall, a lot to work on. A lot to build upon. A lot to learn from. Maybe a wake-up call that, hey, not every week is going to be like Mississippi State. Not every week are you going to be able to convert on fourth and seven and launch a beautiful dime into the end zone to Malik Neighbors. Sometimes your offense isn't always going to look like that. Overall, win's a win. Win's a win. You're 2-0 and in the SEC. You are 3-1. and on the season, take the win, move forward, Ole Miss coming up next. But coming up in tomorrow's edition of Locked on LSU, I'll have my game balls, best performances that I saw from the night, all of that coming up in tomorrow's edition of Locked on LSU.